0: you <laughs>
1: May the 5th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you viewing us now on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, see the beautiful faces of the Dean, Bill Kerlick, and Mark Porter, our fabulous scout from Scouting Ohio. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitter, smash the like buttons, subscribe, do all those things that get us paid. We appreciate it. We're going to get deep into it today. Heavy recruiting chatter and the like. Gentlemen, how goes it? Bill, you were in Westchester, Ohio yesterday, not sightseeing. (laughs) You were there for the commitment of Austin Syreveld, offensive lineman from Lakota East. The three hats on the table were Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. And we'll get to this with Mark in a bit. When a guy has those three offers in Ohio, he's legit. You were there. It all went well. Bring us up to speed on Austin, what you thought of the whole experience, how it will fit in, et cetera.
0: Well, first of all, I just put my car on autopilot to, to drive down to Lakota. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was driving down to Lakota West for, of course, Malik Hartford. And then yesterday, Lakota East. And by the way, those are two very nice schools for any they of you that have not been to those schools. Very Very nice nice schools with some good athletes. Sure. Uh,
1: Great athletic facilities at both, too.
0: Absolutely, yep. Legit. Um, uh, But yesterday, Lakota East, of course, was for Austin-Serevelt's announcement. And, you know, one of the things, Dan, that really, I guess, surprised me, you know, we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen, I I would say, uh, most of these. And I think we all pretty much expected he was 100%, I think, crystal balled to Ohio State um, on 247 Sports and Bucknuts. Nuts. So. But sitting, I am sitting in the stands with uh, a lot of his fellow teammates and students and all, and they're all guessing where he's going. You know, where do you think he's going? Oh, I think he's going here. Yeah, I think so. It just kind of surprised me that, you know, to sit there and listen to that when you would just kind of think, Everybody knows where he's going, but that wasn't the case. It's uh, Cincinnati, did, Bill. Yeah, he he did, uh, uh, of course, announce for the Buckeyes, and uh, um, the the crowd just went absolutely wild behind me. Uh, I think they were a lot of more general, genuinely wondering where is he going to go, and we're glad he's going to Ohio State was definitely the vibe.
1: Mark, there's a big three in Ohio of offensive linemen. Like I said, each has an offer list to stop traffic, and Ohio State's going to get all three. That would be uh, Joshua Padilla, Luke Montgomery, and now Austin Cereveld. What do you think of the trio in terms of how they'll do at Ohio State, and how good is this trio relative to what we usually see in Ohio from the offensive line?
2: Yeah, the, the key word is all three of them are versatile, which you've seen all three of them play different positions, which is a very unique thing for high school linemen. Usually you get stuck at tackle, and that's where you play your career. Uh, we've watched Luke Montgomery play defense. I've seen him play fullback his freshman year, uh, guard, tackle, center. Uh, same thing with Padilla. He's played a couple different positions. And it's the same thing down there. Uh, Sierveld, we watched him at the Under Armour camp play center and guard, and, of course, he played tackle. So there's your word, versatility, for all three of them. Uh, As we've watched all three of these, Bill and I have been to see all three of them play. Uh, You could say that, just like someone asked last week, uh, who's better, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave? Boy, uh, Luke Montgomery, one week after you watch him, you're in love with him. Then a couple weeks later, you see some film of another guy, and you kind of fall in love with him. So that tells me they're all in the same bucket. Uh, You're not going to separate them and say one of them is head and shoulders beyond the other two. Uh, I think it's personal preference. I think Luke Montgomery is the quickest and fastest and maybe the most athletic, but, you know, Austin Sierabelt is probably the longest and the biggest and maybe has the most power. Uh, and then Padilla is the same way. He moves really well. He's got a good blend of all three of those things. Um, I think Sierabelt may get a chance to start a tackle when he gets to Ohio State. I think that's maybe where they get his feet wet, but he certainly has a big enough build and enough uh, lower body strength. And if they want to plug him in a guard, he wouldn't really be one of those tackles playing guard. You know, he, he could play a natural guard position as he would bulk up. But the versatility is what you see in all three of them. And of course, Ohio State, that makes it nice for them. That makes them be able to plug them in where they need them.
0: You know, you know. something I want to add to that, Dan, and kind of uh, piggyback on is that it's interesting in that there are different opinions on kids, and they vary, kind of like Mark was, was, was uh, alluding to. When Ohio State was recruiting Luke Montgomery, before Justin Fry came in, they were really talking mostly about him. You know, he's played tackle, he played some guard this past season, but he kind of transitioned to guard as the season went on. Um, but Ohio State was mostly talking about him kicking inside to play guard. Uh, once he got to Ohio State. But Justin Fry came in and and watched him. He was at his basketball game. It was a basketball game that I was at that night um, in mid-January. You know, he's seen his film, his tape, all that. And Justin Fry said, no, you know, you can play tackle at Ohio State. So now the thinking is transitioning back that Luke Montgomery will be a tackle for the Buckeyes. Uh, So he's kind of made the full transition tackle guard, back to tackle, and we'll see.
1: Luke Montgomery is a legit athlete, too. I've shared this before, but he was the center on the LeBron James's kid blue chips teams coming up when he was just the biggest kid in town. I mean, he's obviously transitioned to football. I think he's playing hoops this year. I'm not sure if he's playing hoops. His brother is also a nice little hooper, too, the quarterback who's been on the AAU circuit as well. Bill, let's also talk about some crystal balls that have been rolling. I, I hesitate to bring this up.
0: Well, Dan, before you transition out, I will say that uh, both those kids, uh, Montgomery and Cereveld, are you know, on their high school basketball teams. And I haven't seen Cereveld play basketball yet, but, I, but I've seen Montgomery, as I said. Uh, and Luke won't be playing basketball as a senior. He is okay. going to graduate early, so he's not planning to play basketball. Cereveld, on the other hand, I asked him that question yesterday, and he doesn't know what he's going to do on that yet. He likes basketball a lot and he hasn't decided will he stay and finish his senior season and play hoops or will he graduate early? And he told me yesterday that's going to be a hard decision because, you know, he would be giving up his senior basketball season and the rest of his senior year. And he just is not sure what he's going to do yet.
1: The Ohio State uh, intramural football basketball team yeah. is not to be messed with. Okay. You're going to have Sonny Styles out there, defending state champion. You're going to have Cade Stover and Jack Sawyer, who were werewolves on the basketball court. Jack Sawyer started as a freshman at Pick North. And Cade Stover, in my opinion, this year was the best defensive rebounder in the state. So those will keep your elbows down in those games. Watch your orbital bones. Um, Let's talk about Crystal Balls, Bill. In the last week, you have rolled a crystal ball towards Ohio State all the way from Louisiana for Tackett Curtis, the linebacker. First of all, have you ever crystal balled anybody from Louisiana to Ohio State? And secondly, we all know Ohio State's been in on him heavy. He has some family representation or some coach representation on our boards, which we enjoy. Why did you pull the trigger? And then uh, your thoughts on Tackett in general and when this all could work out.
0: Well, it's a a good question question on the crystal balling of a louisiana player at ohio state and i hadn't really thought about it before today um jonathan wells of course was from louisiana but i don't believe back in his time there were crystal balls i don't think i'm pretty sure there weren't there no, were not um so i really think tackett curtis is likely the very very likely the first player from the state of Louisiana that have crystal ball to Ohio state now that you ask. And uh, as far as why, you know, I've been thinking about doing that for quite some time. Um, you know, I, I've just liked the way things have trended uh, uh, you know, all his interactions with Ohio state and all. And uh, Jim Knowles has made sure that Tackett and his family know how much that he wants them to be in the Ohio State program, and the first day of spring practice at Manny High School was on Monday, and guess who showed up for that practice? Yep, Jim Knowles. Um, You know, he was there that day. He talked to uh, uh, the coach, which is Jess Curtis, who happens to be uh, Tackett's uncle. He talked to him before. He talked to him during. He talked to him afterwards. And, uh, you know, basically it's Ohio State, USC – or Wisconsin, and I just like where Ohio State stands right now. He's going to make official visits to all three. Ohio State gets the last shot, and I just have a lot of confidence the way Ohio State handles official visits and how well they do and how uh, they wow kids uh, that with the last shot that they're going to ultimately be the winner. Will he decide to take another official visit or two? It's not out of the question, but I think he'll decide between those three And I really like enough now where Ohio state stands and how things have trended to pick Ohio state. Could USC knock his socks off? Yeah, they could, but I think Ohio state getting the last shot will do it even better.
1: One thing is abundantly clear. And that is USC is getting back into the national mix here. They are going to be a force to be reckoned with going forward. You can guarantee that when you have Lincoln Riley, or Ryan Day, recruiting quarterbacks, your baseline for success is very, very strong. Another big crystal ball was rolled this week, Bill. And Mark, I'd like your comment on this as well. Brandon Ennis, Steve Wiltfong, director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, rolled the ball. Brandon Ennis, the number one wide receiver in the class. Perhaps we should just template the number one receiver into Brian Hartline's class every year, given the fact that he, he does this like it's his job, because it is. What do you make of the crystal ball? And then Mark, maybe put them into context as what you've seen so far.
0: Well, uh, I, you know, I, I do my crystal ball picks a little different than some. You know, I really don't like to change those. I like to make them one time and stick right. with it. I very rarely change them. Uh, now, having said that, I uh, uh, have definitely thought about crystal balling in us to Ohio State. I think it's moved in that direction. Um, uh, certainly USC was at one point, uh, the place most people thought that he was going to go after, uh, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma and went to USC, you know, and I think that was very possible, but I, I didn't, I, I didn't never bought into that's the final destination for him. So I think crystal ball in there. Uh, I do think since then it has trended to Ohio state and they have let him know that, you can be Jackson Smith in Jigba and you can be him quick because, of course, Jackson Smith in Jigba is uh, going to have one more year left and he's going to take his talents uh, to the NFL. I don't think there's any question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have told Brandon, you know, you can come in and you can play the slot and we're going to have a slot position open as Jackson Smith in Jigba leaves. So uh, there's a perfect opening there for him. And and he had a great visit. I I talked to him when he was in Columbus here, April 1st to 3rd, that weekend, it went tremendously for him. And I think Ohio state is the team to beat, uh, for him right now. And he did at that point, he had told me he was gonna make his official visit to Ohio state, the Michigan game, but now he has moved that up to, uh, June. And, um, I, I just like where Ohio state stands and, um, We'll see what other official visits he does schedule. But, yeah, you know, I think Ohio State is the leader at this point.
1: Before you go, Mark, one of the things I look for and why they come back for a visit is if they say, I've got to get one of my family members up here, usually your guardian or your dad, or whatever, because no one really likes to commit without someone in their family kind of you know, blessing the spot. So I know he's bringing his dad back, and that's a very good thing. Mark, you talked about Ennis um, and Carnell Tate. I wonder if they're a package deal, but you, you've you done reviews of pretty much every receiver we've gotten. You did the Bryson Rogers recently and thought he was underrated. What's your thoughts on Ennis?
2: Yeah, uh, when you first put on the Ennis film, uh, you see a couple plays of him at receiver and you get excited, then it goes to him at quarterback. And the season goes this year, their their quarterback was hurt during the season and coach puts their best, best athlete at quarterback. And I think that really disrupted their offense. Uh, that quarterback, it didn't seem like He had the offensive line and the blocking for him to really excel as a quarterback. Yeah, he throwed rocket balls back there. But what you had to watch is when he did get the opportunities to take off out of the backfield, what he looked like with the ball in his hand. And it was like a a running back type experience for him where he really developed as a runner. I mean, he really had to run between tackles, had to make guys miss, run through guys, a lot more than you would normally get if you were playing receiver the whole year. If you wanted to see him play receiver and see why he was the number one receiver down there, You had to go back to his sophomore year and check out that tape where he caught a bunch of balls, and you can see the route running and the explosion, the high pointing, the burst, and all those type of traits. Uh, What I liked most about him is he was a thicker receiver. He had a lot of power in his lower body, and I like to use the term he ran through people and they drip off of him. He had great contact balance. They take a shoulder from him or they hit him in a thigh, and he really wouldn't lose his balance or speed going forward which says to me he's a lot like the Debo Samuels, A.J. Brown types in the NFL where he's going to take a little knocking, but he's going to come out the other side of those with stiff arms. And a lot of these smaller receivers, you know, you can grab them by a shirt and drag them down. Not this type of receiver. Very strong in the lower body. And I think that's the, the mold for these Ohio State receivers. they got to be about 185, 190 pounds, and, and they fly.
1: Bill, he is a teammate in high school – of Mark Fletcher, the running back, Ohio State already has a commitment from. Do you think that helps, hurts, whatever?
0: Well, I certainly don't think it hurts. I mean, uh, they're they're friends. You know, as you said, Dan, they're they're teammates and and all that. They're friends, and um, uh, certainly, I, I think that um, it's not going to be the deciding factor. Uh, but I think it's in Ohio State's favor.
1: We well, are going to take a quick break for those of you listening to the podcast. Those of you watching.
0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: And we're back. All right. We asked for questions. We want to fire these off. We have some regulars here who are really good at this. One of them is Spider Sillery. Who do you think will be the next OSU commitment, Bill? You've never been asked that before. What do you feel is the most important need for the 2023 recruiting class left besides offensive line?
0: Well, uh, the first part, I'm going to go with the answer that I just put out uh, fairly recently, and I haven't changed my thinking on it. Um, About a week or so ago, I was asked, uh, who who do you think the next – commitment will be and, and i threw out two names i said uh, at that point i guess it was about a week and a half ago actually it was before austin cerevelt announced that he was going to make his announcement so to speak uh so um I, I, my reply to that question was uh, the two names that i would keep an eye on for the next commitment are austin Sierravelt, and i also said dylan rayola um, Austin Cereveld, of course, did commit yesterday. So, uh, I guess now I'm not changing my mind. So I would, I would go with, uh, the little, the remaining guy of the two guys that I mentioned, Rayola, uh, as far as, uh, the most important need for the class. Well, and we're talking about the 2023 class. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, I've always felt like, uh, games are, are one up front first and foremost. So, you know, you got to be great up front. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, that would be getting, getting another great offensive tackle. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, they did extremely well at defense, uh, edge perimeter defensive end in 2022. So getting an edge guy, a great defensive end. Um, you know, they haven't had a Chase Young recently uh, or, or, or a Bosa Recently, you know, it would sure be nice to get one of those guys for sure. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I think you've got to get—they've—they've uh, they've filled safety really well. They're not done there, but they've got a great start there. Uh, so I, I think that uh, the other thing is to get, you know, a dynamic playmaker, playmakers, I should say. You know, get your uh, uh, Brandon Ennis, your Carnell Tate, your Noah Rogers, uh, your Justice Haynes or Richard Young. And by the way, you know, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people don't know as much about Justice Haynes as they do Richard Young. So I'm going to say just a, a few seconds here about Justice Haynes. That kid's a great athlete. I mean, yes, he's, he got a, he's got a 94-mile-an-hour fastball as a, he's left- a, lefty. a left-handed pitcher. He's also an outstanding outfielder. And the possibility of him going baseball – rather than football, is real. If he gets picked high enough in the MLB draft, if he gets picked really, really high, I will say right here today, don't be surprised at all if he signs a Major League Baseball contract and foregoes football. He is going to do one or the other. He's not going to try to do the uh, two-sport thing in college. That's not on the table for him. He's either going to go football in college or sign a pro baseball contract. And baseball is a real thing with him if he gets picked high enough.
1: And listen, this is not their first rodeo. His dad is Veron Haynes, who played running back for the Steelers, so they know what they're doing. And I've been doing this for a long time. And having a guy being uh, good at baseball and football is not uncommon. What is uncommon is for a running back to be a pitcher. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Usually it's the quarterback and the arm. But a a left-handed pitcher that throws 94 and runs a 4-4? I'm not even sure the one exists in Major League Baseball. So I'm not saying he should choose baseball. But if he doesn't choose the Buckeyes, he should pick up the bat.
0: (laughs) And by the way, if he goes baseball, it could be either position. He could be a pitcher or he could be an
1: outfielder. Man. I'll tell you what. He's probably a more coveted baseball player. And he's an extremely coveted football player. So... We should all be so fortunate to have decisions like that. All right, Mark. Andre Martin. Question to Mark Porter. What happened to all the talent coming out of the Youngstown area, Cardinal Mooney and Ursuline, etc. Is this going to be a commentary on Youngstown or Youngstown football? You have the you have the floor, sir.
2: Yeah, there, there's a long answer and a short answer, but you got to follow the coaches a couple of years ago. Uh, Morrow went over to Youngstown East and, you know, he's related to Vince Morrow at Kentucky. And so he's a very good recruiter over at Youngstown East. And uh, you had Chris Emile leave Cardinal Mooney and go over to Chaney. And he was an excellent recruiter. Uh, you had Larry Kemp, who wasn't really recruiting at Ursuline very hard. And you had Mooney. And next thing you know is you saw Chaney and uh, Youngstown East sort of build up for a couple of years of, you know, three or four years ago. And they had some great seasons, and it was largely due to those schools uh, revitalizing uh, new coaching staffs. Uh, Those coaches did a good job of recruiting the younger players. Uh, The second part of that answer is there's not as many parochial middle schools in Youngstown anymore, Mm -hmm. and they just don't feed the Catholic schools like they used to. Uh, And a lot of times that was supplemented by the Catholic schools pulling from the public schools, which always made the public schools very unhappy. Uh, But there's been a normalization in the past couple of years where – you know, new coaches at Ursuline and Mooney, you see Ursuline uh, making the uptick. You know, Coach Reardon's always done a great job of getting that place going with you know the state championships. And uh, I think the COVID year, he could have had a state championship, too, if it wasn't for COVID knocking out half of his team. And then last year, they lost in the state championship. So Ursuline's back. Mooney's got to work on that. And, uh, you know, I saw Coach Bellini at uh, recruiting night the other night, and he handed me a nice list of prospects. In fact, it's probably one of the better list of prospects they've had in a couple years. years. Uh, Chris Emile has left Cheney. Coach Morrow has left East. Uh, you're going to see some of those players flow back into the Catholic schools, and I know that's a long answer for the Bucknuts people, but there's your dissertation on Youngstown.
1: We are nothing if not informed. All right, Bill, this is an interesting one. From David Balachick. Balachick? Malachic. I don't know. Good morning, guys. Good morning to you. Always look forward to Thursday's show, as do I. Did we ever kick the tires on Nicholas Harbour? Bill Nicholas Harbor gained uh, internet fame for his track exploits. I believe he's about six foot five, and he was running the 100 about very quickly against a bunch of guys who were about five six.
0: <laughs> well, the, the answer is <laughs> kind of a short one. Yeah, you know, the, he was on the radar, kicked the tires, but was never, at least in my opinion, likely or going to end up at Ohio State.
1: J. Henry Miller asks, do the Buckeyes have any interest in Sam Williams Dixon from West Holmes High School in Millersburg? That feels Uh, like a more quarter question.
2: Yeah, that is. And if you know anything about West Holmes or Millersburg, Amish territory. You know, you you may see a horse and buggy go by that school more than a few times. It's down there. And uh, the last prospect we had out of there went to Kent State, Brock McCauley. Uh, This Williams Dixon is a great looking tailback. He's a sophomore. Uh, I am almost positive Ohio State would have to camp him before they got major interest. Uh, tailback, when Ohio State goes national, that is a big web they cast. Uh, a lot of Ohio, yeah, huge. A lot of Ohio tailbacks have trouble getting caught up in that net because you've got to be elite. This Williams Dixon, I gave him a great grade coming out of sophomore year. Uh, I think he's already got a couple of MAC offers. Uh, as he gets onto the camp circuit, you're going to see him. He's he's a bulkier, 190 pounds, 200 pound back. And West Holmes made a run in the playoffs, largely due to him. So I can see why the question is up there. But that's a great question from a school that we probably have never talked about on Bucknets before. But I, he is he's what I would call a camp kid. He's not a watch the film in seven plays offer him. He's watched the film in seven plays and say, yeah, I, I got to see more of that, and I, I like it.
1: Your point is well taken. Mark Fletcher, who committed to Ohio State, I believe is the the eighth-ranked running back in the country, and people were like, what gives? (laughs) So when you get Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor in the same class and the number two back is knocking on the door and has to go to Michigan instead, I think you can see the standards here are quite high when it comes to running the football. I don't think adding Travion Henderson hurt that at all. All right, Bill. Is there any news on getting any – we may have covered some of this, but is there any news on getting any high four-star, five-star offensive tackles taking an official visit to Ohio State? I feel like Hingle McCringleberry may have made up that name.
0: Yeah, there's a, a real good one scheduled for the big weekend, June 24th, 26th. Olas Allen uh, is going to make an official visit to Ohio State that weekend, June 24th to 26th. That is going to be uh, – in all likelihood, unless something changes, the biggest weekend uh, in the month of June for Ohio State recruiting-wise, and he's really good. Um, Justin Fry's been to his school and all that and has been working hard to recruit him, and I think ultimately his decision will probably come down to Ohio State and Alabama. He has Alabama as an official visit June 17th, so the challenge will be getting him past that visit without committing to the Crimson Tide. I think that will happen. You never know. Uh, they're probably going to press for him uh, when they get him on campus. But I think he will go ahead and make the Ohio State visit, which will give the Buckeyes the last shot. Uh, the other guy that I uh, have talked – well, there's actually two. The other guy I talked, I've talked a lot about is uh, Chase Bassantis mm-hmm. from New Jersey. I, I think he'll end up making an official visit to Ohio State. And then Ian Reed is a guy out of Texas that was at the Ohio State spring game, uh, made a prolonged visit. He was here in Columbus uh, for from Tuesday night uh, in Ohio, I should say, till Sunday uh, after the spring game, and it went really well. He is expected did to set up an official visit to Ohio State. Ohio State has recruited him as someone that could play guard or tackle.
1: Mark, for you. From Manny Ja, who I always give preference to because I think he's in Portugal. Is Sonny Styles truly a safety? I feel like he will eventually be a linebacker, just for you know context. I believe Sonny right now, if I had to guess, he's probably 6'3 and change. A legit 6'3, though. I'm probably 215, 220 pounds, maybe a little lighter.
2: Yeah, let me uh, one up you on that is I'm going to go above 6'3". I went and stood next to him at a game and I said, oh, my God, this kid has grown. And why we're getting the question is I don't think he can stay at safety much longer. He's probably getting the 220, 225. I, maybe during basketball, if you saw him, he maybe leaned out a little bit, but during the season, uh, the game I saw him, he's at safety a couple plays. They get down the goal line. They kick him outside linebacker. As the goal line gets tighter, he goes to the defensive end. And when he's at defensive end, he comes off the ball like there's two rockets in his shoes. He blows into the backfield, causes a fumble. Uh, and then two plays later, uh, since they're a little bit off the goal line, he's playing linebacker. He picks six, is one ninety-nine 99 yards. Um, he can do all of them, but his body is going to take him out of the safety position. Uh, the good thing is in this Knowles defense, there's three safeties. I still don't think he's one of those. I think he's a linebacker. And don't shoot me, but he could be a defensive end someday. This kid is big and explosive. And when he put his hand down in the dirt and came off the ball, like it's like one of those things when you see it, you're like, wow, that, that looked too good. We might not want to ignore what we saw because you might be one of the better pass rushers as a linebacker we have on the team. Uh, a lot like uh, the, the Cowboys guy they got in the draft last year that, that took over the NFL. That was yeah. the point
1: I was just about to make as a Cowboys yeah. fan. And then I said, people don't, don't be upset when I use this name. And he's a little bit, maybe a little leaner, but they could use him the way the Cowboys use Micah Parsons.
2: That's it. That's That's, 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 that's kind of what I feel with him. Like, yeah, like he would, once that's he that's rushes the, on the passer. Field. Yeah. And once he does it, you're like, we got to ask him to do that more. And yeah, the, the more you ask him to do, the more he shows you. And yeah. And I don't think, and I don't want to, the him, but on, at safety, there were some smaller, quicker receivers that mismatch him because he was so big. So you really have to worry about who he gets matched up with. If he's a safety and rolls down, he's, he's got to cover a tight end or someone bigger. He can't get matched up on a five, eight or five ten slot. That's going to jitterbug him. So that might be your answer in a, in a, you know, different way.
1: Also, if you look at, at the NFL draft, that the safety from Notre Dame dropped a little bit, I think. Yeah. Because I think there's a little bit of a fear of a guy at 6'4", being able to cover out of the slot. You really want your safety to almost be a nickel guy at times. So, yeah, I can see that. That's a, almost like a modern football thing. All right, let's get yeah. the question on here. There was a question about the wide receiver transferring from Pitt to Ohio State possibly. I have not heard that. Then there are people who he's going to USC – We will see what happens here. That one is uh, hot and heavy. Bill, what is the story on Noah Rogers, the wide receiver from North Carolina? Talked to him after
0: his official, uh, I'm sorry, unofficial visit to Ohio State. He was uh, here in Columbus in April, and it went extremely well. Um, You know, before the visit, I felt like his decision will come down to Ohio State or North Carolina State. He's got some connections at North Carolina State. I think he's been there about 20 times. Um, uh, I, his best friend is headed there um, to play quarterback. And, you know, there's just some connections there. Now, having said that, um, I think Ohio State leads for him. And he's going to make an official visit to Ohio State. And I think that could wrap it up. But we'll see. You know, North Carolina State is not giving up. Um But, you know, he would be a great get for the Buckeyes. Uh, I've mentioned this in some of my writings, but a good source of mine in North Carolina that's kind of been monitoring recruiting down there for uh, 10 plus years says that Noah is the best prospect he has seen in the state of North Carolina, including Todd Gurley and Dexter Lawrence. Um, He's good, real good. So, you know, Ohio State would certainly love to get him. I like where they're at right now. Uh, They just have to stay there and finish it off.
1: So I've been very fortunate to have employees like Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter on my staff. And I have a feeling Ryan Day with Brian Hartline does not give that one ounce of thought. He's (laughs) just like, grubber stamp it. You have earned your keep. Whatever you say goes. And by the way, I support that wholeheartedly. Question about an Ohioan. And I've gotten a few of these. I think he's a Chillicothe kid, and I believe he's a tight end. Travion Galloway offer coming. Some have him number two in the state. Bill, you can tell us if you think an offer is coming. Mark, you can tell us if you think he should have an offer.
0: I think it could come. You know, there is certainly uh, Kevin Wilson uh, is very familiar with him. He's been uh, Trav- Travion's been to Ohio State and uh, in all that. I, I I have him as the number two. 2024 kid in the state right now. And, you know, I I certainly think an offer could come. I don't know that it's guaranteed, but I think certainly think it could come. Yes.
1: And Mark, hold on one sec. It's actually interesting. I don't know if this has ever been, been the case, but Ohio state has one offer out in football to a 2024 player. And that is, I believe Bryce West from Glenville. They have two offers out in 2024 for basketball, Jonathan Powell of Centerville and Tyler McKinley out of Walnut Hills and Cincy. So, That is a rarity. Mark, what do you think of Galloway?
2: Yeah, he uh, played for, UNOTO last year, which is definitely a smaller school off the beaten trail. And I got to see him play. Uh, Does a great job at receiver. So I'm at the Under Armour camp. Does a great job at receiver. Does a great job at defensive end. I haven't seen him block a soul. Okay, so I don't think an offer is coming. I think the tight ends at Ohio State are offensive tackles. I think this kid's got narrow hips. He's more built like a receiver. I think he's got narrow shoulders. I don't think he really weighs that much. Uh, I think coming from a small school, he has at least another year of development before we say, okay, offer him. You know, let's, you know, you know, who was he blocking on that film? Nobody. I mean, there just wasn't a soul. And it's not his fault. That was the competition, maybe the reason he's changed to Chillicothe, but he's got a long way to go in my book before he's an Ohio State tight end that's going to zone block seven techniques and five techniques and move 280 pounders off the ball and set the edge. Uh, Now, for an LSU or a team that wants to flex him out and use his receiver skills or use him in a different way, I think he rates much higher, you know, but everyone's on Jeremy Ruckert right now because he didn't catch that many balls. And will he be a great tight end? I think what we talked about before. The NFL wants blocking tight ends. That's what the majority of them do, other than the five at the top that you hear about all the receiving stats. The rest of them are blockers. So I think he's a year away. I, I think it would be a long shot for a kid from Unoto to get an Ohio State off more as a sophomore. I think just saying that out loud, you say, wow, that, okay. You know, if it was at St. Ignatius or at St. Xavier or Pickerington Central, maybe a different story, you know, and he's got to get in the weight room. Uh, and I, that's one thing I saw with him right away is he needs to develop, but the raw base skills and the talent that gets you going is there. So yeah, my answer is a little different than Bill's, but you know, that's, that's why we do this.
1: Look at this guy. Anyway. Um, Bill Keon Keely news. I've gotten this question a couple of times. I believe he's committed to Notre Dame. Is he not? He is, is Ohio State showing serious interest.
0: Yeah. He visited Ohio state. I believe that visit was, well, it was in March. I'm, I'm virtually certain at some point in March. And, um, uh, he remains committed to Notre Dame. Uh, my hunch is just talking, uh, to the people connected with him and people familiar with Notre Dame. My hunch is he'll stay with this Notre Dame commitment, but you know, we'll see. He, he obviously is not a hundred percent set because, uh, he made an Ohio state visit after committing to Notre Dame. So we'll see.
1: All right. Look at this guy. Hold on a sec. Harbaugh building a dynasty. That guy must've graduated from Michigan. Hold on a sec here. Our last question I'm going to give to, in my opinion, our top, our top uh, follower, Sue. Do we lead on Mateo Uagaleli? The mm-hmm. St. John Bosco, I believe, defensive end, son of big Dave, brother of DJ, I believe Dave Jr., who was at Clemson. And Bill, we're going to finish with this because we also have a boarding house item on this today. But please bring us the latest on Mateo Uagaleli.
0: Well, he was here at Ohio State's camp last June. Um Mark and I uh, uh, certainly are familiar with those camps, and they're coming up here soon. Uh, so Mark will be seeing each other quite often in person very, very soon here. Uh, but he was here at Ohio State's camp last June. He returned uh, for Ohio State spring game. Uh, it, it did go very well. But, you know, I'm not going to say that Ohio State leads at this point. I think that one's – in my mind, still pretty open. I think Ohio State they, they would love to have him. You know, they they they're they're you know putting the press on him, so to speak. But right now, I can't say that I would name one school as a school that clearly leads for him.
1: I right, Bill, one quick follow, and we had this in the boarding house yesterday. DJ Uagaleli, our own C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young were all California quarterbacks in the class of 2020 and went to three powerhouses in Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. If you look at their statistics and their draft projections, CJ and Bryce have pulled ahead. Do you think that hurts Clemson's, you know, quest to add the brother? And does that help Ohio State? Your thoughts on that?
0: Well, that's a hard one to say. I mean, um, you know, I, I think, I guess my answer is that, in the end, Mateo is going to go where he feels best fits him. You know, he's not going to go – he's not – and I was told this earlier, he's not going to go to Clemson just because his brother's there. If it doesn't fit him, it's not the place for him. He's not going to go there. So, you know, I, I think that he'll, in the end, pick the school he feels fits him best. And, and I, I think there is a, a great fit at Ohio State for him, certainly. You know, the track record of defensive ends uh, is pretty darn good at Ohio State.
1: It certainly is, and it's about to get a lot better in the years to come. I think we have two guys in the fold here at least. We're going to at least attempt to get back in the top ten in the draft, and JT Tuamolo and Jack Sawyer. Yesterday's show was only about five minutes long, and we had some guests handle it, and we set the over-under on today's show at 30 minutes. If you took the over, you are a winner. We appreciate Mark and Bill stopping by. We'll be back next Thursday. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen.